0: Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Caris Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amen@caris.org. We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Caris. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at caris.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. In Genesis chapter 1 verse, chapter 21 verse 1, it talks about how the Lord visited Sarah as he has said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he has spoken. God will speak first, then he comes to do what he has spoken. Alright, and then verse 2. For verse 2 says that, uh, what do you mean by God visited Sarah? Verse 2 says, for Sarah conceived. The word for is explaining the visitation. The practical effect, the practical result of the visitation was Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the set time which God had spoken to him. All right. So God watched this. God spoke to Abraham and then went to Sarah. And did it on Sarah. And then Sarah, the results became Abraham's benefit. Do you understand that? Yeah. Because it said, for God visited Sarah, the Lord visited Sarah, verse 1. The Lord visited Sarah as, uh, visited Sarah as he had said. All right, And the Lord did for Sarah at, as he had spoken. God was behind it. When Sarah conceived, it wasn't just an Abraham, uh, Abraham activity. It's a divine activity. Right. Am, I make, am, I, am I making yeah. sense? God influenced that. God visits. So when God visits you, people see it later. And then verse 3. Verse 3 talks about how um, and Abraham called the name of the son whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. Verse 4. Then Abraham circumcised Isaac when he was eight days old. As God has commanded. Abraham knew how to walk with God. So he, he, he played the game according to God's dictates. And verse, verse five. Now Abraham was about hundred years old. When his son Isaac was born to him. Very old man. By circumcising. He did according to God's commandment. Now, watch this. Ah, thank you, Holy Spirit. God says something to you and He takes the responsibility of doing what He has said. It's not your responsibility to make what God has said happen. Right. 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 But I discovered in His He's saying to you what He's about to do, He lives encoded and enshrined with in what He says instructions you must follow. Instructions you must follow. Almost every right gadget you buy, even if if you buy it from China, there must be some instructions to follow. Especially, I mean, I'm not uh, tables. Even if you buy a table, it comes with instructions to follow. IKEA, they may not write it, but they may draw the instructions. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I know some of you have fixed tables from IKEA. When you finish, the table was like this. <laughs> and a table cannot stand because you, did, you said the people have made a mistake. No, they haven't made a mistake. You have not followed the instruction well. Don't say our ah, prayers didn't work. The prayers work. You didn't follow the instructions well. <laughs> and Bible says that God uh, and Abraham named him Isaac and circumcised him. Verse 4 uh, Abraham circumcised his son when he was eight days old. As God had commanded him. The same one who said it. Who takes the responsibility of doing what he has said. Leaves a commandment in what he has said. For you to to take a responsibility of doing the instructions he has given. So that the full package becomes your enjoyment. Are you getting me? So important. In Genesis chapter 21. And I I found Joshua 21. But that one is not from 1 to 3. It's just one verse, verse 45. Joshua 21, verse 45, which I think is the last verse in Joshua 21. Isn't it interesting? We started with Genesis 21, the first verse in Genesis 21. And then the last verse in Joshua 21. Not a word! From any good thing which God had spoken to the house of Israel. Not a word. The whole nation of Israel. Everything God said. Every, not a word. Amen. Not a word failed. Because anything God speaks comes to pass. Not a word failed of any good thing. Any good thing which the Lord has spoken to the house of Israel. All came to pass. All came to pass. Someone say all will come to pass. All will come to pass. In my life. In my life. Praise God. Hallelujah. So you just have to understand that. That God has a way he does this. I want to talk about operating under open heavens. Operating under open heavens. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It makes life easier. You operate under open heavens. Open heavens. What does it mean to operate under open heavens? You are operating with... I like this one. like this one. You are operating under the sponsorship of God. We are doing a major event. We are bringing different prime ministers around the world. But it's expensive. oh, Oh no. BT is sponsoring it. So every bill you just send it to BT. BT... With the bill, you have sponsors. If you are embarking on a special course and then your company is sponsoring you, you know what I'm saying? Maybe your your company, you work with Pricewaterhouse, you work for the Russian government and something. (laughs) 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 What I mean is, if they are sponsoring you, then you really don't bother about details of costs. All you need is. Your ability to embark on what you've been asked to do. That's what it means to operate and hope in heaven. Heaven is sponsoring you. So, costs and obstacles and challenges are aptly handled by heaven. And what does it require from your side? Because every declaration comes with an instruction. Every covenant declaration, God said, I will bless you and make you a blessing. So if you read Genesis chapter 2, after God gave Isaac to Abraham, read Genesis chapter 22, verse 1. Bible said, it came to pass, after, it came to pass that after all these things came to pass that God did test Abraham. Genesis chapter 22, verse 1. It says that now it came to pass after these things that God did test Abraham and said to him, Abraham. He said, here I am. So God tested him. God tested him. God sourced his heart to show him where his heart was. Not to show God because God knows you. Already. He knows you already. He knows you already. But when he's testing, he's just trying to help you to for you to locate where you you are. That's what happened when Peter told Jesus Christ that, "Hey me, I will never betray." He said, "Do you know what he told Jesus?" In, in, in John chapter 13, I think verse 38, yes, I remember it. John chapter 13, verse 38. He told Jesus that, yeah, Jesus answered, said, will you lay down your life for, for my sake? More assured, go to 37. Look at 37. Look at 37. Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you where you are going? I will lay down my life for your sake. <laughs> he meant it. You know he meant it. He said, Listen, I will die for you. Jesus said, I'm going somewhere. But where I'm going, you cannot come. Peter said, Ah, why can't I come? Wherever you go. Because he knows that if I'm following you says me, I won't die. Because they have been in the boat and everything. So he said it. They didn't know what he was saying. He said, Jesus, I will never de- deny you. Jesus said, Listen, listen, listen. Let me tell you the truth. John chapter 13, verse 38. John 13, 38. Jesus answered. Will you lay down your life for my sake? Most assuredly, I say to you, the rooster shall not grow till you have denied me three times. So before the, uh, that same day, it was that same day I was talking, talking about by next morning, less than 24 hours, you have the day will not start, you have denied me three times already. You say, me? I, don't, I never know you. That's what some of us have been saying to God. God, nothing will take me out from church now. Hmm, me, I will say it faithfully. Hmm. 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 <laughs> it's good to mean it. But there are terms that you have to engage your life in to make sure your desi- the desire of your heart is fulfilled. That is why when Peter, after he betrayed Jesus, Jesus didn't cast him out. God, the guy meant it. He was a genuine guy. But he thought he could just say it. It's just a, i mean, some of you know, people who vow to you, he said, I will do anything, anything for you. I will do anything for you. Praise the Lord. So it's very important we understand that God will visit us and bless us. Let's quickly run, let me show you something, open heavens. Let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 15 and 16. 1 Samuel chapter 9 verse 15. Now the Lord had told Samuel in his ears the day before Saul came saying, Tomorrow about this time I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin and you shall anoint him commander over my people Israel that he may he may, he may save my people from the hand of the Philistines for I have looked upon my people because their cry has come to me. All right. So, now this is where Samuel was the prophet of God and God tells him that tomorrow I'm sending somebody. Meanwhile, hmm, meanwhile, two days prior to that, that somebody wakes up in the morning and his dad said, our donkeys are missing. So go and look for the donkeys. And the donkeys were prized family um, possessions. Actually, business Assets, capital, serious business assets. So they were going. He left the home, the house, to go and look for the donkeys. He went to Ephraim, the land called Ephraim. He went to Shalim. He went to where? Shalisha. Hallelujah. And then he went to, he went to Benjamin, the land of the Benjamites. And then he came to Zuf. And then when he got to Zuf, he said, Now we are tired. Three days journey. No food, we are run out of resources. Let's go back home. And the the servant said, we can't just go home. In Zuf there's a prophet here. Let's go and see him. So when the the servant said, let's go and see him, the day before, God has told the prophet that I'm sending somebody. Listen, God is involved in the small prince. And so we have to obey him in the small prince. Don't wait for the big, big, big strange ones. There are small, small, small prints like when the man of God is preaching, open your heart. Listen, he's telling you something. Instead of thinking, what's he looking for from me? God is talking to you. Sometimes people pick up on the junk or the, the uh, dross, and they mm-hmm. leave the substance. When you are eating a banana, you are supposed to just spill it and eat the uh, actual fruit. But in preaching, sometimes it can come like a banana. You have to grow up and mature and realize the actual fruit inside for you. Because if you don't take care, you'll be stepping on the pills and you'll end up falling down. Because why did he say that? I'm sure it wasn't nice at all for him to say that uh, 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 someone will break your heart. It wasn't nice. But but he wasn't talking. He didn't even know that your your heart was broken yesterday. (laughs) He didn't know that. So stop getting distracted. You must know who God has sent for your benefit. And then engage with what God speaks through him into your life. It makes life easier for you. These are spiritual truths. Praise the Lord. And so sometimes when God is speaking, the enemy also tries to make sure we get distracted Based on our own pre-existing mindsets, ideologies, unnecessary, unhealthy information, all kinds of things that are on our minds, distract us from the real meat. You know, sometimes you are responsible for giving Satan a hold. And if you're a Christian, anything that Satan gets to do in your life, he can't take the credit. You must take the responsibility, the blame. Because Bible says clearly in Ephesians chapter 4, I think verse 26, or twenty-seven, verse 27, Ephesians 4, 27, it said, give, give no place to the devil. Because he doesn't have a room in your house. So anytime he has managed to come and eat on your dining table, then, <laughs> who should be blamed? Who is to be blamed? You. Because Bible says, give him no place. If you decide not to give him a place, he won't get a place. So, God sent Saul to Samuel, and God told Samuel, I'm sending a guy to you. He doesn't know I'm sending him. So when he met, he met the prophet, verse 19. When he met the prophet, look at verse 19. So Samuel answered, are you the one? Samuel said, I'm the seer. Go up before me to the high places, for you shall eat with me today. And tomorrow I will let you go and will tell you all that is in your heart. Now, I've come to eat with you. I've come to ask. I'm looking. I came with a purpose. But the the prophet also met you with a purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He met you with a purpose. I like this. Thank you, Holy Spirit. God told me, you are coming this morning. So he put a word in my heart. I know you also know why you came. But I also know why you are here. And he gave me the responsibility of telling you. What is going to do with your life? It does in your heart, deep in your. Not what's on your mind, because what's on your mind is what missing donkeys. Right. I'm looking for my missing donkeys. I'm looking. Me too. I want an encounter. Me too. I want this. I'm looking for missing donkeys. Oh, okay, Sunday morning is just right to go to church. So let me just go and go to church so that the pastor can preach quickly and I can go home. Okay. So you are coming with a missing donkey mentality, but God has sent me to meet you. With a heart revealing agenda, heart revealing information. Your heart, God is about to cut your heart open and then show you what is in your heart. What does that mean? What you have really been designed to become in life. Your life will not be the same again. I've been saying this thing for about two weeks now. And he met the prophet. He stayed with the prophet. the next day the prophet told him what is in prayed for him. He said, "I will tell you what's in your heart. for the, as for the ask as for the missing donkeys, they have been found. They've been found already, but you have to stay because the, the donkeys had to go missing so that you can be found yeah." And when they met the prophet, the prophet said, the donkeys have been found. I am here to tell you that those things that have been bothering you for so long, they are not a problem at all. The real problem is that you yourself are missing. you (laughs) You are missing. You are missing. Remember some vows you made to God. Remember when you were 15 years, old, Fifteen years old, you knew that by the, when you were 23, this is what you have done. You are going to be doing it. The, the plans you had for your life, well, they are all missing now. They are all gone. They are all gone. What I'm trying to say is that there are so many systems in place to waste your life. There are so many. You, you may not be actively aware, but there are so many systems in place. To waste your life. And then find something else to listen. To keep my spirit up. Because that thing is a very sorrowful news. And there are always a lot of that. So many of them. around, And so it's necessary. That God will bring you somewhere. To make something out of you. Now quickly. When God is working on your life. He makes sure that you are not. He will give you a sense of awareness. That he's working. It's called a witness inside. Some of you, some of the things I am saying, you are sure because how you know God is just addressing you spot on. Yes. Am I speaking the truth? Yes. So I will not even know how deep I'm cutting in. How I will not even know I'm actually reading your mail. I may never not know because it's not my business. It's none of my business. But God, so you have the inner witness. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus came out of the wilderness, full of the Holy Spirit. And then when he came, he, he, he started, he went to the temple, verse, 16 that was. He went to the synagogue to go and read. And then, uh, you know already, verse 18, he read the book from Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he anointed me to read and, and, and then the verse 20, 19 and 20, Bible when he finished, he handed the book, the scroll to the attendant. And he went and sat down. And the Bible says that, 20 says that, the, 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 and I, the eyes of all those who were in the synagogue were fixed on him alright, but look at verse 21 I want to show you something quickly, verse 21 says and he began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing, then 22 says that "Eh, so all bore witness to him what does that mean? they knew that what the guy just said this something deep inside, God has spoken to them, they knew deep in their heart, see, but their minds were stubborn Because look at verse 16. Verse 16 said, verse 16 said, Jesus went, so he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. Let's say that statement together, phrase together. One more time. What do you know about Nazareth? What is the relationship between Jesus and Nazareth? So those people in Nazareth, the Nazarenes, They knew Jesus very well because they saw him growing up. They played with him. And so their fathers and mothers, his classmates, his colleagues, his playmates, all their parents, they knew him. So when the anointing came on him, guess what? Fresh from the encounters with the Holy Ghost, he was going to Nazareth to go and help them. Do you know what grace does? grace lifts you into destiny that's what grace does because most of us have gone through so many things that we have lost touch with destiny lost touch with what god has called you to be some of us all there is to us is work 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 make money work 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 and there is this cousin of yours called bills so you are working and feeding him. Working and feeding him. Watch this. Working is necessary. Bible said, he who does not work must not eat. Bible said, God will bless the works. So if God is going to bless you and you don't have works, he doesn't have anything to bless you through. All right. Church growth is a hard work. It's harder than any man can prescribe to you, praise the Lord, so, so it's not work, it's necessary, but what I mean by some of us, all there is, is just normal, secular work, you are not even considering what you, already, you originally created to do, and it it's affecting everything about you, that's why you are unhappy. Very unhappy. Do you know why? But you are, your 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 job pays well, but you are very unhappy. You live in a, such a nice house, but you can't eat the house. You are unhappy. You are living in a you know, a mansion, and you you are dying in a mansion, right. while someone is living in a flat and is so happy. Ah, me share. Praise God. Do you know the secret? The secret to happiness in life is no more money. It is finding your assignments and your placement in life. Being there. Being there. Being there. Being there. Being there. So don't just work to make money. Tell somebody it looks like God is talking to you. <laughs> so if you are not happy, don't look at your bank account first. If you are not happy, don't look at your bank account. Look at your connection with God first. That's right. Because that is what will bring you in alignment of your calling, of your lifetime assignment. Say amen. Amen. Jesus came and the devil says, put the 22 again. Look for 22 on the screen. And he said, this scripture is fulfilling. And they all bore witness to him. They knew God had spoken to them through him. They knew it. But guess what? When their spirit was crying, yes, suddenly their mental block, because of the, um, so many negative things they have seen and heard. Familiarity. Familiarity. Too familiar with church, 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 church. church. We have heard this so many times. Jesus Christ came with grace to his hometown to lift them to another level. But they said, it, they knew it in their spirit. But they blocked it. They said, is this not the capital stand? Right. Put you on the screen. Jesus. They said. And marveled at the gracious ways. They knew these ways were gracious. Gracious where We proceed out. And they said, is, is this not just a stand? Look at the next. They went. And Jesus said, you surely said to me, physician, heal yourself. God, they knew maybe some of his sisters were unwell. There were issues at home. They are coming to tell us, the scripture is fulfilling your hearing. They knew in their spirits. And they, they could bear witness to the gracious words. But they knew him too much. Mm, I won't take it. I won't take it. So they switched off. And then when they switched off, Jesus said, you, you guys have denied the opportunity. He told them references, real life issues that have happened. Based on how you treat a prophet. Look at, look at what Jesus said later. It's, many people don't notice this. Look at Then he said, surely I say unto you, um, no prophet is accepted in his own country. Go to the next verse. Listen to this. But I tell you the truth. Many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah. When the heavens were shut up three years and six months and there was a great famine throughout the land. a famine. There were many widows who were dying. But, but to none of them was Elijah sent except Zeraphat. Okay, Zeraphat was not in Israel. Not in the places where the Zeraphat in the region of Sidon. Sidon. To a woman who was a widow, Do you know what Elijah did to the woman? The woman was about to die due to financial crisis. But God sends Elijah there to sustain the woman. First, one of the first things revival grace brings is financial sustenance. In terms of financial crisis, God sends a prophet your way. You may think the prophet needs your help, but you need the help of the church. Every time God places a demand on you it's not that he needs something from you but he needs to get something to you every time God places a demand on you it's not that he needs something from you because you can't help God but he needs something to you so every wise man who knows how God does things walks around looking for opportunities in God Does God want anything done? Let me connect myself because God doesn't do things from heaven. He doesn't print money from heaven. Psalm 50, he said, The silver, if I was hungry, I don't come and ask you. I can kill any cattle on the hill, anywhere, and eat. Psalm 50, verse 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. God does not need human help. But every human being, certainly and always, needs the help of God. He came with grace to bring them out of financial crisis, to sustain them. So when it's revival, one of the things that revival does is financial relief. But it only works for people who open their heart to embrace the instructions. Number two, it comes with health relief. Read your Bible. Go back to the text again, let me show you something. Now he came, ah, Lord, he came, and they said, these words are gracious, and they were about to embrace the words, but they switched, them. hey, 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 ah, I almost also got, we are praying, receive the Holy Ghost, you are about to, you felt something was coming on you, but I said, ah, me, I can't fall like this, I go, let you stop, <laughs> up, lift up your hand, receive an impartation. They lay hands on you. You can practically see that something, a force of the power of the Holy Ghost is entering you by you saying, oh, no, no, I'm too gentle to fall. Ah, oh, no, So you actually open your eyes to distract the thing because your image is more important than your reality. Most of us are trying to save our image to leave our reality the way it is. And our reality keeps getting worse. It's not getting better. And God wants to help your reality get better. As long as you can open up, even if it is at the expense of your image. Ah! Let me finish the text. Where did I end? Verse 26. Is someone getting something? Oh, God. Help me. Put it on with verse 26. Okay, now let's go to verse 27. So this is an economic issue. Then he also spoke about, and many lepers in Israel in the time of Elijah the prophet the first one was Elijah the prophet the second one was Elisha the prophet two of the most respected prominent great prophets of Israel no other prophets worked miracles like them and Jesus said someone can carry the prophetic grace and be sent to people to help them but the people will still suffer because they are not ready, because they are too familiar with the prophet. Yes. 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 That's what you're trying to say. So first of all, a prophetic grace. When a revival is released, prophetic grace first it comes with financial relief. Secondly, it comes with health relief. Let's look at the health issue. He said there were many lepers in the days of Elisha the prophet. None of them was cleansed except ah, Naaman the Syrian. So how about the Israelites? They were not ready. They were too familiar. It says that Naaman was a Syrian. He wasn't a Jew. He wasn't an Israelite. A Syrian. The prophet carried the healing balm of Gilead to change people's health miseries. But he couldn't help not that he didn't want to, he couldn't help them because their the responsibility is on lies in the hands of the receiver, yeah. not the deliverer. The one the delivery man can't do much if the one who is supposed to receive it doesn't want to sign up for it. That's right. Sign up. <laughs> if you want, if you want. But this morning, I've said a lot. Anything that followed you here, that is not of God. It's going to leave you this morning. It leaves you alone this morning. It leaves you alone this morning. By the power of the Holy Ghost. Shout Amen. Thank you for listening. For more resources, please visit caris.org or call us on 0207 740 9960. God bless you.